Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating episode number 6060. So topic for today is how to make food taste amazing. But before we get to that, the best bite I've had this week was my neighbor, Paul, went fishing on the weekend and caught some beautiful rainbow trout. So he gave me one, which is very generous of him. So I had it for dinner on Monday. I just cooked it. Like I love rainbow trout. So amazing to cook whole. So just crank the oven up as hot as it goes, put the trout on a um, baking tray with and just sprinkled a heap of salt on it and then a handful of sugar snap peas out of my garden, chucked them on the tray, everything in the oven for 10 minutes and it came out like the skin goes all crispy and then the flesh is beautiful and moist and it just cooks in and the skin protects it and it's just so good. And I served it with a dill and preserved lemon salsa, which is beautiful and um, then just some parsley for some extra greenery and it was just so delicate and fresh and then had like the sugar scent peas had cooked and charred a little so they had like little bursts of sweetness so it was just such a beautiful meal oh and we had rhubarb ice cream for dessert which is <laughs> really really good that I made in my ice cream machine using rhubarb from the garden so that was a very delicious dinner Okay, so plan for today is we're going to talk about this idea of how to make food taste amazing. So first I want to talk about like why pleasure is important, like why taking the time to make your food taste really good is actually imperative to your health. <laughs> then we're going to talk about um, yeah, how to actually build confidence in yourself that you can do this, so particularly so if you're someone who's not so confident in the kitchen or you haven't had a lot of success when you've cooked in the past, how you actually go around changing your mindset and changing your self-concept. And then we'll talk about how to, to make things taste amazing. And I'll, um, I've got a bonus tip for you as well. And we'll wrap it up with a key takeaway. So Basically, why do we want to make food taste good? And my theory is that yeah, there must be an evolutionary reason why food gives us pleasure. Like from the obvious, it's just, you know, because otherwise if we didn't have that drive to eat, then we wouldn't eat and we would die Like because we need food to survive. So, of course, like from that perspective, yes, that's an obvious thing. But the thing is that one thing I've really noticed in coaching a lot of people and in, in myself as well is that when we have food that tastes really good and satisfies, it just, it makes it easier to feel more satisfied. So I really notice this in my clients a lot, that they'll often comment that if they're just like not making an effort and just cobbling together like random stuff for dinner, like cheese and crackers or whatever, it, like sure that might taste okay, or they're having just snacks and they don't actually take the time to make themselves a proper meal, then they'll spend the whole evening grazing or they'll go back to the kitchen. They won't actually feel satisfied. Whereas if they take the time to make something that tastes really good and like sit down and have a proper meal, that's easier for them to feel satisfied. And then they stop eating after dinner and, you know, they're not snacking and grazing all night. And as you can imagine, like when you sit down and have a proper meal, you actually overall end up eating like less food than if you're just 
randomly grazing all night. And you're also getting, like, if you're having a proper meal, you tend to, like, there tends to be some vegetables involved, like it tends to be, uh, or, and some good quality protein, so it tends to be more nutritious as well. So I think that aspect of taking the time to make food pleasurable, like it actually does help us eat in a way that's better for us. And my third reason here about why we should take the time to make food taste amazing is like just because we can, because it's fun and because it's, you know, it's one of life's little joys and you know, life is hard and it's amazing that we get an opportunity every day or you know multiple times a day to pause and, and have that little pleasurable experience of enjoying food. So why not like make it as pleasurable as we can? I think like, like just because we can is a fantastic reason to do that. So if you're not super confident at making your food taste amazing, then like how do you go about building confidence? And the thing that I teach people when I'm teaching them how to learn to be confident cooks is even if you're not good at cooking, you are the world expert on your taste buds because you've been using them every single day for all of your life. For some of us, that's decades and decades and decades. And you know like what tastes good to you, like because you have all that experience of eating. And no matter how like inexperienced you are as a cook, you're very experienced as an eater and you you really do know your palate. I think that knowledge, like that you can trust your palate to guide you, is a really great starting place because it's not like you're starting from zero or less than zero. Like you're starting with a really strong foundation. And then the other thing that I think is that really helps people build your confidence is like just seeing like cooking as a skill that anyone can learn. It's not like you need to be particularly talented or have some superpowers to be a good cook. It's just like riding a bicycle, learning to play a musical instrument. It's just a matter of getting in, doing it and being willing to fail, like being willing to be bad at, at the beginning because as humans, that's how we learn. If you think of you know, children learning to walk, like my um, my one of my friends has a little girl and she's she's two now, so she's you know toddling around happily. But recently, I've been watching her, you know, trying to keep up with the big kids when she was littler, and she would be falling down, and she didn't ever like get angry with herself for falling down or tell herself, "I'm never going to be able to walk. This is you know this is ridiculous. I give up. I quit. Or I hate walking." I hate trying to walk like or any like making it mean anything about herself she would just like fall over she would just get straight back up and be like trying to run after the the bigger kids and keep up and so we want to use that kind of willingness to fail in any new skill that we're learning and particularly in the kitchen and as adults it's kind of weird that we do this thing where we just decide that oh no actually we don't want to like we don't want to get it wrong we don't want to fail and therefore we stop trying new things and we stop trying to learn new skills and it's really only because we're not willing to be to suck at it <laughs> that we struggle whereas when you go okay I'm willing to get this wrong as many times as it takes to become a good cook like that completely changes your perspective. And it also changed, you can also decide in advance, like what you're going to make it mean when you fail. So you can make it mean like, I'm a terrible cook. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm always going to suck at this. Or you can make it feel, ah, okay, like I'm screwed up here. (laughs) That's okay. You know, nobody's going to die. 
And there's just something here for me to learn. Like, what is it? And get curious about like what the lesson is. And just knowing that the more you learn, the easier this is going to become. And next thing you're going to be walking. And then then after that, you're going to be running and with the big kids, like it's like Rose. So really like building your confidence is, because this comes down to these two things, like deciding that you want to learn this skill knowing that you already are a world expert on your taste buds. And so you actually do have a strong foundation and then just really being open to sucking at it as long as it takes to get good. The crazy thing is that when we open ourselves up and we're willing to be bad at something, it often doesn't take anywhere near as long as we expect (laughs) for us to get good at it. And and particularly like if you've got someone to guide you and help you overcome the common pitfalls, then of course you can fast track your learning and the time you spend um, failing doesn't have to be as much as if you're just trying to do it on your own. Um, So then like now that I've sold you on this idea of just being willing to get it wrong, like how do we actually go about making things taste amazing? So There's a few key skills and one of the biggest ones is learning to season properly. And I actually did an episode on, um, it was episode 51 on actually how to season to taste, which takes you through how to actually go about seasoning with salt. So I won't repeat that here, but if you haven't listened to that, definitely check that out. And then um, that's one thing. Learning to season with salt is like such a good foundation. Then the next kind of evolution of that is learning to season with acid. So when I say acid, I mean like lemon juice and vinegar. And so when we season with salt, the way I teach it is that it just, salt just helps, like dials up all the flavors. Like it just, it takes everything and just makes it taste a bit stronger you don't want to get it to the point where it's tasting salty, but the right amount of salt will just turn up everything and make everything taste a bit more of itself. Whereas when you use acid to season, that actually adds brightness and freshness. So if you think about, you know, fish and chips with, let's say it's quite oily and heavy, but then you add some vinegar to it or you add, you know, a squeeze of lemon and think how that changes in your experience. Like it suddenly you've got that fresh contrast there and it really brings it to life. Um, so that's what it, when we season with acid, just that's, I think that's a good visual to have of just how it brings things to life. And the way I kind of think about it in my brain is, yeah, it's adding freshness and brightness and also kind of technicolor. Like before you have acid, it's like a black and white movie. And then when you, after you add acid, like you can see everything in color, like there's just more depth and more your richness to the experience when you use acid. So having like those two pillars to or those two levers to pull in your seasoning and making things taste good is a really strong foundation. But the other thing that I teach that like kind of an idea that I just came up with myself because I that's how I cook. And definitely like when I started cooking with six ingredients, which was like, you know, over 12 years ago, um, probably 15 years ago, actually, one of the things that I um, found that if I was only using six ingredients to make a whole meal, each of those ingredients needed to serve a really strong purpose. And what I found is that I just started using at least one or two ingredients in there that I would call flavor bombs. So they were something that I was adding to the meal to make sure I got the maximum flavor for the minimum number of ingredients. So 
using flavor bombs makes it so easy to make food taste amazing. So even if you're not great on the seasoning part with the salt and the um, and the acid, these flavor bombs are like things that just add so much texture and flavor and just add so much to the experience of whatever it is that you're eating that the food's going to taste amazing regardless of whether you've got the seasoning, you know, spot on. And so what are the types of ingredients that I'm talking about? So for me, one of my favorite go-tos are like roasted nuts and seeds because they have the, like, I call them flavor bombs, but they also have that bonus of adding texture. So you get some crunch as well as, um, as well as that, you know, explosion of like nut, nutty, rich flavor. Like you think of like biting into a toasted pine nut, like it's got that, you know, beautiful texture, but then also um, beautiful like toasted pine nutty flavor or like hazelnuts or almonds. Like, you know, they really add a lot. But then also like flavor bombs can be things like olives or like cheese, like feta or parmesan where it's got that like, you know, big punchy flavor, like sun-dried tomatoes are another one they love or um, get capers. You can use um, things like preserved lemon or like, again, lemon zest or gosh, I should have my list in front of, in front of me, uh, or like maybe like some crispy bacon or some prosciutto, like those cured meats can be a beautiful flavor explosion. Um, or even like fresh herbs can add just like that punch. Like you think of like basil, like just adding those top notes and adding that, yeah, again, freshness, but also, you know, depth of flavor to food. So you get the idea, like it's things like that. And then also spices, like things like, um, you know, I make a ducker, which is like a Egyptian, it's like a blend of spices and roasted nuts. And you just have that in the pantry and then you just sprinkle it on at the end and it gives you the crunch and it gives you the spiciness without the heat. Um, chili, like pickles are another great one. Like they give you an explosion of flavor. And I've really I've been getting into like pickled chilies recently. I grew a heap of jalapenos this year and just pickled them myself. And so just a couple of those like sprinkled on top can really add like that, that'll give you a, a definite, like your taste buds a huge wake up. Um, and even like sauces can be also like a, are another type of flavor bomb. So, you know, think of like a drizzle of pesto or a dollop of hummus and they're adding richness as well that just brings everything to life. And the cool thing with flavor bombs is that generally you just add them at the end. Um, so it's like, you know, it's really you know, easy to include in your cook cooking. But what I often do is when I'm testing, creating recipes is that I'll have a few ideas of different flavor bombs that I want to use. And so I'll just serve them in the middle of the table with the dish and then you know, taste with a few different ones and to see which one we like best with that particular meal. Um, so you can play around with it and have fun experimenting with it as well. So it's a great way to learn. And also when you're not so confident, then if you're not 100% sure, like if this is going to taste so good, you can just have it on the side, try a little bit with it and go, oh, actually the olives are amazing with this. I love it. I'm going to have more olives or actually, no, olives are kind of overpowering. Maybe I'm going to try some roasted almonds with it. And so you can play around and see which ones you like best. Yeah, so that's really it. Making things taste amazing is just making sure you include at least one or a couple of, but and then also you don't want to take it too far where you're adding like it's all flavor bombs. <laughs> like that's not, that's like trying a bit too hard and it'll just get too confusing. So you want to keep it simple, like but but definitely you know, one or two flavor bombs can make all the difference to how good your food tastes. 
And recently, actually, I've been playing around with one of my clients in the Naturally Healthy Club. She actually has a condition where she needs to eat low sodium. You know, I've been working with her on helping her take, make her food taste amazing. And so I decided that I would actually, you know, when I'm cooking for myself, I, that I would not use salt and so that I could replicate what it's like for Denise. And yeah, like it was really interesting. It's been really interesting. Like I was most of the time, you're yeah, adding some a flavor bomb or adding some acid is enough. And I've, I've made something and it tastes a bit flat because it doesn't have the salt. Adding some acid or using a flavor bomb is enough to make a difference. But it's funny because like a few weeks ago, I made this like roasted eggplant salad, like roasted the eggplant in the wood fired oven and had like, you know, parsley and some I had pomegranate seeds actually that's another good flavor bomb like pomegranate seeds because they give you that burst of sweetness as well oh and I didn't mention like dried fruit can be amazing or fresh fruit as well like you know sliced apple or sliced pear because it gives you that crunch and that sweetness or um you know some dried cranberries can be amazing or like just a you know one like date finely chopped up I make a Persian scrambled egg recipe with just a one date and some feta and that's like like you get the sweet and then the salty and it's like so good. Um, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> digress. Uh, I was telling you about the eggplant salad. So I'd made this eggplant salad and I wasn't seasoning with salt. And eggplant, I think, is something that really needs salt. And I was like, oh, Denise won't mind. But then I was like, no, no, I'm going to just go with this and see what I can do. So I did my best with like the lemon juice and, you know, the pomegranate seeds. And and then I've served it at the table and I and I just at the last minute thought, oh, actually, some maybe some roast walnuts would help this. And so I tried, tried it without, I forgot about the walnuts. I was trying it without the walnuts. I was like, oh, this is not great. And I was kind of tempted to go and get some salt. But I went, no, I'm just going to eat it and experience it and be like, it would be like for Denise. Because I knew more lemon wasn't going to help, like more acid wasn't going to help. Um, chili might have, may have, may have helped, but I didn't think of that at the time. But then I remember the walnuts put them on and it was mad. Like it just, it went from being pretty flat to the walnuts just with the richness and the crunch and the, that toasted <clears throat> walnut flavor just really brought it together. You know, it wasn't super amazing, but it was pretty tasty thing to be eating rather than this like kind of blind eggplanty thing. So yeah, just wanted to share with you how like how flavor bombs can actually work, even if you don't have the seasoning right. So even if you're not using salt, that they can actually you know, help to bring whatever you're making, like just up level the flavor experience. Yeah. So I could talk about this all day. It's so fun. Um, but anyway, bonus tips. Uh, just remember that it, you know, it's okay to get it wrong. It's a new skill. So you don't want to, you know, don't want to make it mean anything bad about yourself. It's just, you know, whenever you're learning a new skill, just just keep an open mind and just remind yourself that, yeah, of course, there's going to be times where it doesn't work out exactly as I'd liked. And there's just, there's nothing wrong with me. It just means that there's something for me to learn. But other bonus tip is to really trust your judgment. And I think when we come to cooking as a relatively new skill, or we haven't had a lot of success in the past, it can be easy to think that we don't know what's going to work well. And in actual fact, like all those years of you being like eating and tasting, it actually has set you up. So you just want to trust your judgment that if you think something's going to taste delicious, I guarantee you 99 times out of 100, it actually will. So if you if you imagine that something's going to be good or if, if you think of it and you don't think gross, <laughs> um, then you know, go for it, try it and just trust that judgment. And then the final bonus tip I have for you is really just to remember to keep it simple because 
you don't want to go into overwhelm for starters and start to like take on too much. So keeping it simple really is key. And the other reason we want to keep it simple is just because the food's going to taste better. Like, because when you're like not so confident, it can be tempting to throw everything at a dish to like cover up your, you know, your fear that it's not going to taste that good. But when you add too many things that can actually muddle it and confuse it. And like the more things you add, the more likely it's going to be confusing. So to your palate, so you just want to like, keep it simple. So one or two flavor bombs really is, is the sweet spot, maybe maximum three. Um, and just remember that you can always add more at the table. You can always add another flavor bomb or go back into the kitchen and get you know some pickled chili if you think of it. It's better to err on the side of less rather than um, the side of too much. So let's wrap this up with a key takeaway. So if you're ready to like make a difference to how your food tastes, like really get on board with this idea that it's actually in your best interest to have as much pleasure as possible in your food experience. It's actually going to be beneficial for your health. It's going to help you eat better and feel better in your clothes and all those things like have more energy. If you'd like to join a community of like-minded people who are having fun, you know, doing this, like learning the skill of making their food taste amazing, learning the skills to become confident cooks like seasoning and learning how to combine flavors, then I'd love you to join me in Joyful Cooking in 90 Days. So it's my group coaching program where I help you to learn to cook without recipes. So you become someone who actually wants to make healthy meals, someone who feels excited about cooking. So for more details about the next enrollment, just Either go check out the link in the show notes or go to thestonesoup.com, which is my website, and click on the Joyful Cooking tab. And I would love to welcome you in. Okay, have a beautiful week and I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast. And I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.